Welcome, Wildcats, to another episode of the Weber State Weekly Men's Hoops Show. We are a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Colby Peterson. On the show today, we have joining us again, once again from, um, what, sunny? Sunny, uh, so, sunny Central Utah? Sean Lewis. It, it, it was a beautiful day today. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday. Uh, a little bit breezy, had some drifts, had to shovel uh, about a quarter inch this morning, um, but uh, warmed up nicely. Got to drive down to Manti today. Mm. Uh, it, was, it was just a lovely, lovely day in, in the San Pete Valley. Nice. I um shovel. What what's that? I I forgot what that means. Shovel shovel snow. <laughs> you know what's funny is I have some family up north that was talking about uh, late start and snow days, and we still get alerts from the Ogden School District. And I was I was texting a family member, and I said I'm I'm not sure the fine folks of San Pete County understand the concept of a late snow day or a late start at school. <laughs> <laughs> Man, well, I, I like I said, I heard that weather was kind of crazy up up north this week. I saw some um. I mean, Chappie posted a video of what like it's snow, 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 lightning. What was going on? I don't know, yeah, man. I have no clue, man. So, I, I don't know. Wild weather up north. But um, yeah, it's fine where Sean and Sean Lewis and I are sitting. So, hey, bring on spring. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about today's show, man. Uh, we're going to talk about last week's games. There were three, one, a couple of in the palace against Eastern Washington and then senior night against Idaho. And then the road trip last night up to Flagstaff to face Northern Arizona and that overtime thriller. We'll talk about those. And then we will move on to the bracket because now the bracket for the, the big sky tournament in Boise is set. And so we get to talk about it. So we'll analyze kind of the matchups that we know for sure. For the most part, uh, we're going to take you all the way up to about Tuesday. Uh, at that point, all bets are off. Anything could happen by Tuesday with the semifinals. And then Wednesday, the finals, being played on uh, on TV, but yeah, we'll talk all about it, and then we're uh, we're gonna do some uh, some wildcat rant one more time this week, folks. Um, Sean Lewis is here to join me, and um, we're gonna rant, and then we're gonna put that up on social media and give you guys a chance to see who agrees. Uh, are, are we being unreasonable? You can let us know. Before we get into all that, I want to encourage everybody, please subscribe to the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, great places to hear, Weber State Weekly. Uh, we're winding up our hoops coverage and we'll be ramping up our coverage of softball, which has got some, they've had some some nice wins. They've had some not, not so nice losses. It's been a, a little bit of a tough season, but it's a tough schedule. So we'll start to dig into some of that very soon. Uh, we're also on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Great places. Um, I've been having a good time lately on Twitter. They've been, I don't know, man. I just feel like people have been funny on Twitter lately. And so, uh, I mean, it has its negatives, but I've been having a good time. It's been, it's been fun. So go follow us over there on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and chat with us. And then finally, Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash Weaver State Weekly. Become a patron. We've been dropping our premium previews in there. Whether that will also be the case. We'll be putting up a premium preview for Sac State. Go to patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly and uh, you'll get access to those premium previews. And, uh, and we'll also continue that trend through softball season until the end of the college uh, athletic season ends. And then we might put some extra stuff in there over the summertime, maybe some interviews with some alumni that will go to the Patreon supporters first before they find their way into the podcast feed. So all, all I'm telling you is become a patron and you get exclusive content that I have planned. All right, Sean, uh, let's talk a little bit about last week's games. Um, I don't think we need to belabor this with, with the season being wrapped up at this point. So just start this off really easy. What did you like from the loss against Eastern Washington? That was painful. 
but the wins against Idaho and Northern Arizona. Um, I liked the first half against Eastern Washington. Oh, yeah. It was great. The first half was fine. Second half was just flat out uh, uh, cringe inducing um, visions of Anthony Johnson going through my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that. that we had that big of a lead, but but just that you couldn't you couldn't do anything in the world to stop them. Um, but I, I thought the first half looked great. I thought uh, I'm glad we got Idaho, one of the, the cellar dwellers uh, of the conference to, as a good palate cleanser. Um, I'm really sad that on the same night we're, we're taking care of Idaho, uh, Idaho state was able to defend the honor of the 2003 wildcats and, uh, take Iwu to, to, uh, what was that? A 10 point victory or an, an eight point victory, something like that. that it was, was like not, nine. it was not a buzzer beater, uh, as, as, as you would have thought. And so Idaho state, the team that nobody wants to play in Boise right now, um, and, uh, taking care of that loss, uh, maintaining the 2003 is the only undefeated team in big sky history. And the, uh, and 68, uh, 69 is my understanding. 68. Oh, was there another one? Yeah. Also oh, okay. the Wildcats. My, my, my apologies. I, I, I was, <laughs> I know a lot of, of big sky history, but that one, that one escaped me. Um, Oh, three is the, Oh, three is the most recent. And, uh, you know, those folks are still around. So defending their own. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, uh, I and the NAU game, um, I liked the fight that the Wildcats had. That was a game that did not matter to Weaver State, and and they treated it seriously. Uh, they they treated it as a game that they had to have. Uh, Northern Arizona obviously playing for seeding, uh, in the bracket, and and the Wildcats took it. And and while I was disappointed in the lack of success at the free throw line in the last couple of minutes, uh, in Flagstaff, um they held on and and they fought through overtime and then, yeah, they gave up the three uh, that sent them there. And if you hit two free throws, uh, two out of any eight free throws in the last five minutes, you, you, you that three doesn't matter anymore. Uh, but they held on and they got the dub. Um, and, and so that showed some grit and, and some fight in the team it, when it would be very, very easy to just lay down and say, you know, we don't care. Let's save ourselves for, for next week. So, um, I, that's kind of a hit and miss what we liked, what I didn't like. Um, but you know, DJ, uh, I think he solidified his, his candidacy for, uh, most uh, outstanding player of the conference. And I, I like what the role players are doing. Feels like we're hitting more threes, except for the second half against DWU. Mm. Um, I, that's a team I don't want to face. Um, and I'm glad we're on the other side of the bracket. Um, and we'll talk about that. We we mentioned that before. So, so I, I think there's good and bad on the weekend. I, I think they did what they had to do. Um, they locked in the three seed that saves until Tuesday and, and the path through to the conference tournament is clear. Um, one other thing, just on a conference wide note, I'm sad that, uh, Montana didn't have to make up their game against, uh, uh, Portland mm-hmm. and, uh, sad that they're not playing, uh, tomorrow night. Um, cause you know, anything I could do to help the, the, have more Grizz tears, um, that they got a free night off that, that nobody else got because of snow. I mean, what are they doing up in Portland? Come on. Uh, it's weird because, um, you know, they, they end up that game, like you said, Sean did end up not mattering. And so the conference decided there's no need to play it because it won't make a difference. So we'll save the teams, the money which I'm sure Portland state was grateful for, even though the, the game oh, yeah, was yeah. at their place. <laughs> yeah. well, actually the game was supposed to be Missoula and they got snowed in nope. their airport, right? That's what happened. Yeah. They, no, they got snowed in, they got snowed in in Portland. 
Yeah. Because the snow in Portland that snowed them out. So they couldn't make it to Missoula. Yeah. And Portland State didn't want to make that trip. You know that. No, yeah. I mean, they, the, they're, they, more than anybody, they were glad that they didn't have to make that trip. Yeah. They didn't want to go to Dahlberg. And so the conference didn't make them because yeah. it, it wouldn't have mattered anyway. But I agree. I mean, lucky them. They've got, I mean, we'll talk about this in the next segment, but the Grizz have agents of chaos, the stripes in the first round. And so good luck with that. But I think for me, man, things that I liked in this one, I felt overall over the course of these last three games, the assisting really took a step forward. Uh, The first half of that Eastern game, they were doing an absolutely phenomenal job of sharing the ball. And that is why they were able to stick with Eastern's high powered offense, sharing the ball, getting easy baskets and also finding open looks and hitting them in the first half really made the difference in them being up what? Was it three? Let me check the box score really quickly. But I think the Wildcats go into the locker room at halftime up two. And so, you know, it's 43-41, which is quite a first half score. But they were able to hang around because of the, the, the good assisting, which is also, you know, if you listen to, if you're a Patreon supporter and you listen to the premium preview, you would know that Eastern Washington is the best assisting team in the conference. And so that's one of the reasons that their offense is so high powered is because they do a great job in sharing the ball. And so the Wildcats were taking a page from their book and sharing the ball really well, not just in that game, but also in subsequent games as well. I think they were in double digits with assists in each of the of the games from the last week. They had, uh, what was it, 15, I think, total assists in the first game. Uh, sorry, 13 total in the first game. They had 10 against Idaho, and then they did a really great job against uh, against northern arizona 17 assists in that game now i know it's overtime but still 17 assists in that game um well we talked about this during the game colby uh, you know you and i text often during games and and i i thought that the ball movement on monday was fantastic we yeah. we were was getting a ton of just wide open looks from three they didn't always knock them down but they were getting the looks that they wanted on monday night yeah, I mean, and you're giving yourself a shot there, right? Because like you mm-hmm. said, the Wildcats and they shoot they shoot 48% from three in, on Monday night, which is a great number considering the weirdness of having to shoot at 6,000 feet, right? Or uh, it's like, what are they up there? Like 6,400 feet or something like that. Something like that. But it's high and it messes with your shot, right? And so shooting 48% up there is nice. It's a great trend to see because like you said, over the past three games, we've seen an increase in that three-point shooting. Love to see that, uh, which was my second point. I liked I liked the three point shooting this week. Aside from, like you said, Sean, that that second half against Eastern where they went zero for ten. Um, overall, it was a good. It was a pretty good three point shooting week for the Wildcats, which is a nice trend to see because, I mean, it's just wild how much hitting the three has been so critical to beating almost anybody in the conference. I mean, well, it's it's like a confidence thing, Colby. It's if if the Wildcats see those first couple of shots go in, they're fine. If they don't see those first couple of shots go in, it's like they struggle the entire night. And and we've pointed it out on the show many many times that the three point ball has been the make or break shot for the Wildcats and is definitely the decider of winning or losing. Yeah. Uh, last thing that I liked, uh, were, were, was turnover aside from the NAU game, which were the turnovers were a little bit elevated. They, they had 15 turnovers in that game. Now I understand, like I said, that game went to overtime, but just 10 turnovers against, um, Eastern Washington, who is a team that likes to, they're, they're the worst turnover team in the conference, both the Wildcats and the Eagles with 10 that night. 
and then just eight against Idaho. Uh, I really liked them taking care of the ball this week. Like I said, another good trend that you want to see going into Boise. I'm going to flip the script now. Things I didn't like. I mean, Sean, you've talked about some of yours, but is there anything else you wanted to add to things that you didn't like from this week that maybe have you concerned as the Wildcats prepare to pack up and head up to the 208? I, I don't know. I, I, I think over the course of the season, I've decided the Wildcats are who they are. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and I don't, I still don't think we've seen a full 40 minutes out of them. Um, I think they're streaky. Um, and I don't know which team is going to show up in Boise. And I, I hope that the good wildcats show up there, but if they go, you know, we talked about this so many times, I feel like a broken record. If they go five or eight minutes without being able to hit a field goal and allow the other teams to, to jump on that, they're going to struggle. And, and I am we're, we're going to preview the conference tournament here and I'm trying to decide, um, do the wildcats get one, two or zero losses. Right. And I, and I don't think I'd be shocked at any of those. And I'm trying to decide, I want, I want to flip this back on you. If, if we were to tell you at the beginning of the season that the wildcats would finish two games above or three games above 500, um, and finished third in the conference in Eric Duff's first season, what would you have said? If I could have guaranteed you that. Yeah, I'd be happy. Three seed. Would you? Duff's first season. A lot of, a lot of new guys. Not a lot of, you know, we don't have a lot of transfers. This isn't like years, year, the, the past two mm-hmm. years where a lot of guys are transferring in. They're doing one and dones. This year is not that, right? There are guys that will be here next year in the system who have now played with Coach Duff. They've played together as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, third in the conference with this team in Duff's first season. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy with it. Okay. Um, I, this is, this is a poll that I would love to see okay. is what defines success for wildcat fans this year. Um, and what does success in the conference tournament look like? Is it, is it one win? Are we happy with one win as a three seed, which is your baseline? Is it two wins? Is that exceeding expectations? And is, is zero wins a disappointment? And and what do you think if we don't win on Tuesday or on Monday night? That's a great question. What does success look like for Wildcat fans? Um, so a poll that we'll put out there this week as we get ready for the Wildcats to take the, the floor in Boise on Monday night. What does success look like in the tournament? Monday? Did I say Tuesday? I, I've I've been screwing up the days of the conference tournament all oh, week. No, it's it's weird this year, so I don't blame <laughs> I, you. I, I'm used to a, a a Wednesday 10 a.m. game, four games on Thursday, two games Friday, one game Saturday. It's how it's been yep. for every neutral site tournament. It's how it's been for the Big Sky tournament before when neutral site uh, was was Thursday, Friday, Saturday. This this new format has me just all shook up on on what day of the week it is and and what's going on. So um, I'm excited to go up there. I'm very excited to go up there. Yeah, it's going to be fun. A uh, couple of things that I didn't like from this one. You already, you already touched on it, Sean cold spells. Those cold spells just cannot happen at the highest level. Now I think the saving grace is that the Wildcats feel like they, it feels like to me, the Wildcats have showed up in big games. There haven't been yep. a lot of game, big games where they got blown out. Now, of course you can talk about the game in Bozeman against Montana state on the, on the, the roadie, but they showed up in a big game. Colorado. 
Uh, that wasn't a big game, though. That's my problem. That wasn't a big that. game, but but they got blown out. That was the one they got blown out. I think that the bummer was that they got blown out on national TV, which I think is yeah. the thing yeah. that's annoying. But I think in in the heads of the players, playing Northern Colorado is not a big game. Playing Eastern Washington is a big game. Playing Montana State is a big game, and they showed up big time against the the Bobcats in Ogden. So I like that. But those cold spells can't happen, man. Especially as as the screws tighten. Let's, let's talk about this for a second. We've been talking about how Weber State's been a really, really good second half team, and they didn't show up in the second half against the Ewu. Yeah. Um, just we didn't did. show up. Yeah. Um, so was that more of Ewu shut, shutting us down, or was that the Wildcats just tripping over themselves? So my take on that was that Eastern continued to do what Eastern does. They score a lot of points. That's what they do. They're the Oregon yep. Ducks, right? Like they're going to run you out of the gym. They're going to dare you to keep up with them. That's what they like to do. And so when Eastern has to get into the, you know, these slug matches where their shots aren't falling or whatever, and they have to generate offense, um, it's not as easy for them. Now, luckily they've won some of those games for them, but Eastern comes back out of the locker room and puts up 48 points after putting up 41 in the first half. That feels, I, I can't remember, uh, actually I have the conference stats up right here, um, what they average as a team going in to, well, this will include this weekend's games, which might skew it a little bit, but Eastern averages 80 points a game. That's six points so they were right better. There. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's a little bit more than what they normally hit, but I mean, yeah, that's what they like to do. They score a lot of points. Um, and for us, as the, Wild, the Wildcats scoring 82 against uh this eastern side i mean i respect it i like it but the cold spells man are really what did the wildcats in those first five minutes of the second half where the shots that were falling in the first half for weber state that stopped Mm -hmm. dig the 10 point hole you'd never get back out of it yeah i i completely agree and 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 i and i think that's something where where the wildcats they can't afford a drought like that in any of the games that they have upcoming here in Boise. Nope. You have to keep finding ways to score, which leads to my second thing that I didn't like hero ball. When the chips are down, I noticed that the Wildcats have this tendency to stop assisting and go to hero ball. And that just compounds the problem, right? So hero ball is going to be the antithesis of winning in the conference tournament. If we are playing hero ball in Boise, we're losing. I, I agree with you. I, I completely agree with you. Um, just going back to that Eastern game, and I, maybe you mentioned this, they started the second half and did not score until 1548. So that's uh, four plus minutes without scoring. And in, in the meantime, uh, Iwi went from uh, down four to up six. They were actually up eight uh, just before that, before that bucket. But um, I, I think that's the difference is that that skid and that, that uh, scoring drought. And, and if, if the Wildcats get one bucket in there, that's probably a different half. Um, I don't know. That's, I, I think you're exactly right. We can't, can't have the hero ball. Can't have the droughts. Um, success is in Boise is, is precedent on those two things. Uh, you said it all season, getting the assists. Uh, we're a better team when we're, when, when they assist on buckets, uh, they're a better team when they hit the three, um, which, you know, that's just saying like saying, Hey, uh, score more than the other team is the objective of the game, right? But it's, it's more nuanced than that, though, right? Yeah, but but I think 
this is a team that they need to put if they could even put 30 minutes together, they'd be a dangerous team in Boise, right? Yeah. And so that's my final one. Killer instinct, right? You you mentioned it a little bit earlier, Sean. Maybe we haven't seen a full 40 minutes from this team this season. I agree. You when you're up, slam the door. Last night we saw that exact thing rear its ugly head where the Wildcats had it in the bag. They could have got out of the gym in regulation and they gave up really key opportunities. Like they Northern Arizona had a chance to win that game right up until the final seconds of overtime. They mm-hmm. were in it. They had a well, chance. All of us had a heart attack when that ball bounced off the rim and then it as comes, the buzzer was going off. Yeah, and it comes back down. It's like, oh my gosh, if that goes in, I will die. And it didn't. Because Jalen Cohn is the second best free, uh, three-point shooter in the conference. Like He was yeah. the exact person to take that shot for Northern Arizona. And it was online. It just didn't fall. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, we shouldn't have been in that position. Killer instinct. When you're up, stay up, close out, close them out, leave no doubt. That's got to happen in Boise. Because if it doesn't, if you leave a team like Eastern, like we saw last night when Eastern was playing Montana State, Montana State's up big. And then maybe those final 12 minutes or so of that game, Eastern battles back and they bring it to a one possession game. They ended up losing it, but they had them within one possession. They had them, which was crazy. So if you want to beat a team like that, you got to close them out. Well, and, and it's funny, Colby, because uh, the, the Wildcats did not shoot a free throw in the first half against Northern Arizona. And then they went eight of 12. But those four misses were all in the waning seconds of, of the second half. Clutch time. And just one of those has to fall. If one of those falls, we're out of the gym. Yeah, you don't go to overtime. It's that simple. All right. So really quickly, MVPs, you can just say MVP for the week. You can name it for individual games, however you want to do it. I, I think we, I mentioned this earlier, DJ, I mean, he's the MVP every game, right? Let, let's yeah. give the man his due uh, player of the week honors for, for the last three games. Um, I think he solidified a player of the year campaign and uh, was just, he carried the team in all three games. He was, he was the man in all three. Um, and you're going to give a shout out to Steve uh, for one of the games. So I agree. Dylan in those first two games played like the conference MVP. I'm a hundred percent with you. He's the conference MVP. Some stats about Dylan Jones. He is the number one folks, the best defensive rebounder in the country. He averages 10.23 board defensive boards a game. The next closest person is Clarence Daniels with New Hampshire averaging 8.11. He is a full two rebounds clear of the next guy sitting all on a top number one in, in the country. He's also number three in the country in double doubles. And the only game this week that he didn't get a double double was the Eastern game. And he was one rebound away from that double double. So DJ's it, but I did want to shout out Steve in that game on, uh, on Monday night last night, because after those three key free throws were missed, Steve got fouled. He took care of business. He knocks down his free throws to keep things close. Cause if, Wildcats continued that trend. I mean, we lose on a buzzer beater, right? But Steve showed up big in that game, and I wanted to give him his props because I think he actually outscored DJ by a couple of points he did. He was 26 points in 44 minutes. Jones, 24 points in 45 minutes. So Steve had a great game. Love to see it. Um, He matched Jones in nearly every category except for rebounds. Um, And so... Steve was my guy in that, but 
overall, Dylan Jones is the is the player of the year in the conference. Uh, how snake bitten is Northern Arizona? I mean, did you watch the interview that the kid did with their coach after the, the game no, was over? No, I didn't. So the so you know, I was really impressed by the way with the whole um I don't know if folks were watching halftime and they talked about Mitch Stroman talked about they ran this package about how they have this like um immersive sports um sports news or sports program down there to yeah, you, which yeah. I would love to see a, a, th- a thing like that at Weber state, because there's a long tradition of folks, wildcats going through the hallowed halls of the Lindquist school, uh, the Lindquist college and going on to do big things in news and in sports and mm-hmm. the kid. So they're giving this kid a chance to be the sideline reporter, right? Doesn't have a lot of riz. Like the kid doesn't have a lot of, you know, he's not really the, the most confident kid on, on camera, but he's talking to their head coach. And I don't even know the dude's name. And he asked him about that. Exactly. That NAU has lost a number of games by at least one point or one possession all season. It has been a problem for them all season. It's like 10, 10 of their games. They've lost by one, by one point or within, within three points. Yeah. It's, It's, It's amazing how many they've lost by just one. And so the kid asked the coach about that. You know, what does that, Cause it's the end of the season, right? Obviously there's yeah, one more yeah. game at least for them, but this is the end of the regular season conference slate. Looking back, how do you feel about losing basically a lot of games by a single possession? Does it define the season? And the, the coach kind of pushed back on it and he was like, well, I, I, I mean, you know, all due respect, I don't think that that's the way it is at all. Blah, 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 all this stuff. And so it's like, <laughs> oh, dang, you guys get a little bit feisty, but, uh, you, I mean, that coach was on the refs in that overtime, man. Like he was barking because he's like, it's a foul. It's a foul. This stuff. So, whatever. I, I, I trying to count it here. I've, I've got one, two, uh, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine, I and mean, it's half your season. Half your nine, season. Nine games that were one possession. No, pardon me. Uh, yeah, nine games that were one possession, and they won one of them. They went went one of nine in one possession games. Some bad luck. Bad bad yeah. luck. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Let's move on. I don't care about them because they were pissing me off with all those offensive rebounds. Like I was losing my mind over how many offensive rebounds they had. I mean, you're right. We should, we need to move on, but really quickly, how many F, how many offensive rebounds they have in the stupid game? Look at this. They had, they had 21 offensive rebounds. They had almost more offensive rebounds than defensive rebounds in that game. Just insane. 41 to 22. Yeah. 21, 22, 43 total rebounds. Dumb. It's just insane. Whatever. Against one of the best rebounding players in the country the best yeah <laughs> all right let, let's let's move on to big sky and Boise, colby let, let's talk about this all right let's talk a little bit about big sky and Boise because like we said it's tournament time this is it uh, i want to encourage everybody if you got the time head up to the conference tournament this year get up there um white dog brewery is our fan zone 
So make sure to check that out. Uh, if you remember, also, we had an interview with Janie Nadalski about the alumni event they're having there on Sunday morning at 10 a.m., I believe. So the the link to RSVP to that is in the description for the podcast. So if you are an alumna of Weber State's uh, women's basketball program heading up to Boise or you know folks, please make sure to invite them. They'd like to get as many folks as they can in honor of the 50th anniversary of Title IX. And hopefully it's a tradition that uh, continues. But it's tournament time, Sean, and I know how much you love tournament time in Boise. I do. I, I am one of the very few people, I think I can say this, uh, and there's probably like 60 of them, but I, I'm one of the very few people that has seen every uh, Big Sky neutral side tournament. Uh, since they went to neutral site in Reno, I, I I've been every year, um, and grateful for, for the hosts up there and Boise is a little bit easier for me to get to because of family, but it's a great time. And anybody that doesn't go, I, I, you're missing out. And the diff, this one's a little bit different because of the, the change in format. It goes over the weekend and into Wednesday night, um, playing two games a night. Um, I, I worked out with my employer that I can work remotely during the day and then go to the games at night so that I don't have to take vacation time. Um, which, which is a huge blessing to me. Uh, but you're only getting two games a night and it's, it's five 30 and eight o'clock every night. You're going to see two games and, and hopefully that brings out a little bit more of the local fans in Boise because it's going to be way more accessible than the, uh, uh, the four games on Thursday, uh, where you just wouldn't get anybody out. So, um, I'm interested to see how it goes. I think the bracket is wide open this year. I, I think, uh, Eastern coming in, uh, they, you know, they run in the table. Everybody thought they were going to go undefeated. They lose the last two games of the regular season. And that, uh, game against Montana state, I watched uh, the last few minutes of, um, they just, it's almost like they ran out of gas. Um, and this could be a blessing in disguise because they don't have the pressure of having run the table, but coming in on a two game skid, I think is, is, I think that's hard. I think it's very, very difficult to get your mind right, uh, for the tournament, but they do have the easiest route. So, um, we'll see how that goes. You know, um, yes and no, man, because yes, <laughs> their first game on Monday is, Easy. Their first game is Sunday night. Sunday okay. night. Their first game is Sunday. Okay, and then that's yeah, right. yeah, and yeah. Monday is the, is the the four five yep. and the six the three six. Yeah, that that Sunday game. Yeah, man, like it's easy, but that top of the bracket is weird. Like again, you've got NAU that lost nine games by within three points, right? And most of them within one point. Uh, you've got Idaho that I just fired their head coach. <laughs> Just fired their head coach. I they're not going to be very involved. But those two games, Idaho and NAU, were flip flop. They're blowouts on either side. Those, those games were not close, and and they split those right. If I have that correctly, um, and so that's an interesting matchup. Um, the other interesting matchup, Portland State uh, against uh, Northern Colorado on on Saturday night. I think Portland State is is a clearly a better team, and they're going to move on to face uh, the Montana State Bobcats. The only thing, though, about that game is I just don't know which Northern Colorado team is going to show up, because if you remember, you know, the game they played against Weber State, they shot out of their minds. And so Dalton Connect was hitting. Everybody just seemed to be firing on all cylinders in that game. And if that's a game that they have against PSU, Northern Colorado is moving on, which seems really weird, but that's, that's the uniqueness of this year is anybody can really be anybody because anybody has beat anybody. 
I mean, even Idaho has beaten Montana State, guys. Like, anything could happen, dude. It is wild. <laughs> anything could happen. So, uh, Portland State lost by two to NOCO in Portland and then beat them on the return trip in, in Greeley uh, by 11 or 12 um, later in the season. Uh, so, that's a, you're right. That's an interesting matchup, too. That's, I, I don't know. It's a, that's a tough one. I, I still think Portland's the better team. You're, uh, and you're right. You're hundred percent right. They are the better team, but they have the best score in the conference. Um, they've got a number of things going for them, but it is neutral site. And so I don't know, maybe that makes a difference. Maybe it doesn't, who knows, but I, I'm going to go out on a limb. I think, I think seating holds, uh, I think you're going to get Portland State winning. I think you're going to get Northern Arizona winning. And I think Iwu and Montana State are going to uh, win their games easily on Sunday night. So they'll make their way to the semis, which brings us to Monday. Uh, Monday Monday's is the fascinating, fascinating yeah, day. Monday is the day where things really get interesting because at the top of the bracket, so the first game that day will be Montana versus Idaho State. And the Stripes have been agents of chaos this season, haven't they? They beat Weber State in Ogden. They beat Eastern Washington to end their run toward history. Um, Who they, saw that one coming? That's <laughs> just not insane. me. Because after after we lost to them, I was like, dude, that's it. Like, that was the last chance. Nobody's beaten them. And then next thing you know, the Stripes are shooting out of their mind up at Reed Gym and beat them. And it's just like, oh, okay. So the Stripes, agents of chaos against a Montana team who has been just just okay this year, right? Just okay. They've got some pieces. Josh Bannon is still good. Aiden Moody has been really good. But man, do they have enough? Because the last time they played the Stripes, they handled them easily, right? No, no. They handled them easily the first game oh, um, in January. Game. It was 84-55. The second game, when they made the trip to uh, uh, Reed Gym, it was uh, um, 69-61, an eight-point victory for uh, the dreaded Montana Grizzlies. Um, so I, I'm not as high on Idaho State being an agent of chaos in the tournament as you are. Um, I, I do think they're the team that nobody wants to play. I don't. Um, but I think, I think that's an interesting game, um, but I think Montana pulls it out in the end. Because you're right. Like, are they the better team? Yeah. They're probably the better team. Well, and 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 uh, um, Travis DeCure is a really good tournament coach. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he really is. He is a good tournament coach. Uh, as much as we ha- hate to say that, because him being a good tournament coach has meant that the Wildcats have gone home um, a lot without getting to cut the nets down because of Travis DeCure. So, but I'm sure Ryan Looney would love to mess up his day. <laughs> oh, everybody would love to mess up his day. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't mind doing it again. Last year was nice. Last year was really nice. So, so yeah, that's an interesting one. And then, frankly, I'm scared by the nightcap on Monday. Sacramento State has played Weber State so close. It took a buzzer beater in Ogden, and uh, it it was super close again in Sacramento a couple of weeks ago. Um, I, I, they scare me, Colby. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. Like there were no there were no blowouts against Sac State. They played them close. Wildcats pulled out two. It is very difficult to beat a team like that three times in a season. So I'm with you, Sean. It is nerve-wracking. Yes, the Wildcats are the three seed. 
Yes, they have pulled things out. It seems like they're playing a, their best basketball right now, which is where you want to be. But Sack has really played them close. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, it just depends. And the format makes such a big difference, too, because you've got... Um, uh, I, I don't even think Weber State's traveling up to Boise until Sunday. They might mm-hmm. go up Saturday, but um, the the travel up there, you're 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 not playing. I don't. How much do you think? How much benefit do you think having that rest on Monday for the top two teams if they win on Sunday night? How much of a benefit do you think that is? I don't know. Because my thing is this: most this is the first year that that rest day has existed. The, yep. the the bracket that is in front of the Wildcats is very, very normal. You got to win three games in a row. Boom, boom, boom. Yep. Wanna, three days in Boise. That's what we've said for years. Yep. If you want to cut down the nets, you got to win your three. Boom, boom, boom. And so that's normal to the folks that have been around and that have played in conference tournaments. So does the extra day help or hurt? I don't know. I, I can see the benefits on both sides. It, it can be good, but might might also make you a little bit complacent because you want to get in a rhythm, which is what three days gives you. But maybe when you get to the championship game and should one of the teams from Monday make it that far to a championship game, then does it catch up with them? I don't know. Well, and and what are the, there were two reasons for making this change. And this, this was explained to me by conference officers. So I I have to think that this is true. Two reasons. One, they wanted the game on ESPN, too. And so they moved it to Wednesday night because they could get the TV window, although it is a nine o'clock tip off. <laughs> Or a or a nine thirty according to this bracket now nine thirty now nine thirty Mountain Time tip off it is on a Wednesday late night bro on a Wednesday I don't night work on Thursday morning <laughs> at ten thirty in Tennessee man <laughs> so so but they wanted that that ESPN two window where they've been on the U for uh, a lot and then by doing that they also got the ESPN two semifinal um, uh, on so. So that that was the big change. But the other thing is they wanted to protect the, the top seeds and give them the best chance to get to the tournament, which is something that uh, they've struggled with in the, in the last few years. And and the coaches really advocated for that rest day and the, and the coaches and the ADs feel that that's a huge deal. But I don't this year. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I really don't. Um, you're not, it's not like you're scouting. You played these teams. Everybody knows what you're going to run at the end of the season. There's no surprises at this time of year. Yep. So, so it's who has fresh legs in the second half on, on Tuesday night is, is going to make a, a big deal. And who has fresh days, fresh legs on Wednesday. Um, that's going to make the difference. So um, the Grizzly Idaho game, Idaho state game is interesting. The Weber Sacramento game is interesting. Um, I'm fascinated if seeds hold, you get Montana State and Weber State uh, in the late game on Tuesday night. Uh, those have been two great battles um, this year. It was a great battle um, in the semis last year. Uh, some some would argue that was the real conference championship last year. Yeah. Because yeah, Montana I, I, State I, went on to blow out Northern Colorado. It was not a game. Yeah. So I, I think that that's a fascinating semifinal. I, I think Eastern has an interesting semifinal against either the Grizz or Idaho State. Because if Idaho State wins, that's they're like you've called them the agents of chaos. If the Grizz win, um, it's just Travis DeCure and his normal tournament genius, right? Um, 
and and that's an interesting game where uh, you're one and two in your last three. If you make it that, if if that's if that's the key, um, which really interesting. Say say NAU beats Idaho. Does NAU actually have a shot against Eastern? No, I don't. I don't. I don't think either of those teams do, regardless of what happens. What about Portland State? Could Portland State beat Montana State? I don't know. I don't think they have what it takes. Because to me, the secret to beating in Montana State is you have to shoot the three. If you shoot the three the way the Wildcats did in Ogden, you can win. I don't know that PSU's got that kind of firepower. I'm thinking Northern this is Colorado a very chalky does, tournament. I, the more I look at this, Colby, I think this is a chalky tournament. Fair enough. Which, I mean, it's, it's designed to be that way, right? <laughs> that's yeah. Why, no, that's, why. Why. that's why they did it. But, yeah, but that's, that's it. it's an interesting it's an interesting tournament because anything could happen. And that's the beauty of the big sky is, is I don't think anything would shock us. Right. And, and let's keep this at home. If, if Weber state wins. Okay. The shocking thing is if Weber state doesn't win on Tuesday, Yeah, but the way we played Sacramento state or Monday, sorry, ah, my days are just messed up on this. If, if Weber state loses their opening game on Monday night, I think that's a disappointment. And and could be a shocker, but it's not a shocker because of the way the Sacramento State's played us. It, the seeds hold. You lose on Tuesday night against Montana State. That's where you were expected to lose anyway. No harm, no foul. You got your win. Okay, go home. It's you know you ran into a better team. And as a um, basketball fan, after watching what I watched in Cheney last night, I'm actually really excited for round three of that because yeah, it was yeah. really good in Cheney last night. And so if that's the championship game on ESPN two. Man, that's going to be a great one. Should Eastern make their way past whoever makes it out of the the four five matchup? If if I'm Tom Wistrasil in the conference office today, I'm I'm praying the Ewu and Montana State play the third matchup. Yeah, which is why I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it's so chalky. I I just don't. I can't pick where that upset is going to be. But like you said, every team can beat every team. I I. It's a chalky tournament, but it wouldn't shock me if Weber State ended up in the title game. It really wouldn't shock me. I mean, yeah, because they, I mean, they've proven that they can beat Montana State. Um, yep. Should they make it past Sac State a third time, they likely would face the Bobcats again. Um, the Bobcats have, I think they're on a six game win streak right now. Uh, yeah, the like last that. game that they lost was to Weber State in Ogden. And so yep. they're, they're going to remember that. Um, they've been there before. Uh, they're the reigning champs as it sits right now. So, yeah, and it, they could make it to uh, to Wednesday night's game. They could lose on Tuesday. Could go either way. Okay, give give me a call. Give me a call. Who who who's who's punching a ticket to uh, uh, likely Las Vegas on on uh, Wednesday night? So if I if I'm going with my gut. Montana State. Okay. And here's why. Because they've been there before. And I think that should they face Eastern one more time on Wednesday night, now they're in their head. And David Riley seems like a very emotional coach. And he hasn't dealt with this kind of struggle this season. And so if he gets through, he wins those first two games, finds his way into the game on Wednesday night and faces Danny Sprinkle again. Danny Sprinkle's a really good coach. That's not to take away from yeah. David Riley. David Riley is, you know, a good coach in his own right, as much as I 
don't like him, but I think Sprinkle's better. And it just feels like the game on the game last night on Monday night showed us how Sprinkle is going to respond. So, yeah. What about you? What's I think I think that's a good pick. I think that's a really, really good pick. I think Eastern Washington picks themselves off um, or picks themselves up. Um, I think they roll in this tournament. I think the two losses take some of the pressure off and I think they get their heads straight uh, coming in. Um, I They were so good against everybody this year. I mean, you don't go 16 and two in, in conference and 16 and zero in conference to start the conference play without having a really good team. And I think they're the most balanced team because they don't have, I mean, still venters maybe, but they don't have the bona fide star that if you shut the one guy down, nobody else beats you. Right. Yeah. We saw um, the Allegri kid had a, had a, had a freaking night against us in Cheney. Then Casey yeah. freaking Jones has a career night against us in Ogden. Like, yeah. So I, I think they are the most balanced team. And, and to that end, I think that's why they were so successful in the conference uh, regular season. Um, I'm not putting any personal money on it, but I think they do punch the ticket, yeah. but man, chaos could reign. This, this, this could be, and then the, the weird thing is they want the, the, the big sky conference wants to improve seating in the NCAA tournament yes. and, and chaos reigns. No offense to the Wildcats, but but if Weber State wins the conference tournament, we're a 15 or a 16 playing in the play-in game, and and or you know, and the conference gets the benefit. And we probably we're probably not in the play-in game, but we're probably a 15 or 16. We're not getting a 14. Uh, Eastern's ceiling is probably a 14. Um, if they win out, if they had one out, they might have got a 13. Uh, but I think their ceiling is a 14. They're likely a 15 if if they win the tournament. Montana State's likely a 15 if they win the tournament. Um, I think that uh, uh, I think the conference really wants one of those two teams to win. Um, but the goal of the conference, and then this is in their strategic plan, they've got to win conference or NCAA tournament games, and that's why they they set this up the way they did is to is to help with with winning that. So um, for the sake of the conference, I want the best team, and that's Eastern Washington to get. Yeah, I was going to say, I I agree with you. I think that Eastern Washington has the best chance of beating whoever in the NCAA tournament, just because of the balance. Like you said, yep. they are able to to adjust to so many different styles, and so you take away one thing, they share the ball really well, and so they can create other things. And anyone, there's not it's not a one man show, which is why I don't think that they're a player from Eastern Washington will 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 win conference player of the year because they're just not that way. But yeah, in terms of winning in the tournament, Eastern gives the, what the big sky, the best chance, I think. Yep. Okay. Any final thoughts on this uh, big sky and Boise bracket? Uh, no, go wildcats. I, I'm there for you no matter what. Um, anybody listening, uh, reach out to me on the socials. Uh, happy to, to meet up and say hi. Uh, while you're in Boise, I, I will definitely be there um, and uh, go Wildcats. I, it's a fun time to be up there. I'm excited to see what this change does. And uh, I hope I can stay awake for 930 tip off. <laughs> um, I hope I can stay awake for 1030 tip off. My goodness. Um, yeah. So like Sean said, um, if you're going up to Boise, um, do it. It's fun. Um, Big Sky and Boise.com. You can get your tickets. You can buy all sessions, both the men's and women's. And then, um, it's just, it's a good time to be there. The basketball should be good. Should be fun. 
They're doing a lot of stuff up there. Boise really has embraced the Big Sky Tournament. And so it's not like a, it really feels like it's the main event down there, doesn't it? When you're downtown during the tournament, it feels like this is a big deal. They got flags up everywhere. It's it's a thing. There's marketing. It's definitely an event. They do the uh, uh, little, uh, they take the Boise Center on the Grove and they have a fan fest there on Saturday and Sunday this year. Um, lots of prizes, lots of things. Um, I, I'm excited for it. There's, it, it's a good time. Boise is a, a great city. Some really great restaurants um, you can go to. Um, I know I've got my favorites, um, but uh, um, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, and 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 I spent some of my youth in Boise, so I uh, went to junior high up there. So I, I've got a lot of connections up there, and, and a lot of places like going home for me. So um, I, I'm happy with the tournament in Boise. Um, maybe over the summer we could talk about where a better place would be, and I could argue that there isn't one. Um, but I agree. I know people. I know. I know people want to put it in the west, in the East Center, in West Valley, and and uh, uh, I don't think you get what it's you get in Boise. Spot. It's not a good yeah, spot. So like anyway, there's just, there's just energy in downtown Boise in a way that you just you're not going to get in a lot of other it, cities. That's exactly right. And Boise is the right size city for it, too, I think, because yep. I think if you put it in a place like Denver, it just gets lost. Nobody cares. Well, in Vegas, the same thing in Vegas. But, nobody cares because there's a billion other things going on. Yep. So and then Boise does embrace it. Uh, the city puts on a great thing. Um, and and uh, hopefully they can get more locals out. I know uh, in previous years during those early games, they brought elementary school kids in uh, to cheer on field trips and stuff. That was fun to see. Always good to see the little kids uh, play. Saw Tom Worcestershire was dropping the puck at a Idaho Steelheads game yep. the other night. Uh, my sister was actually at that game. So uh, it's a, <laughs> an interesting thing. But uh, anyway, that's uh, go to Boise. Everybody make the trip. Even if the Wildcats only play one game, it's worth it. Yeah, get up there. We'd, we'd love to start to see a, a stronger contingent of Wildcat fans up there. You know, if you've been, you know that certain fan bases travel really well. And we would like to progressively become one of those fan bases that it becomes abundantly obvious who is there supporting their team in Boise. So get up there, wear your purple, come hang out at the fan zone in, at White Dog Brewery. Tag us in your photos if you go on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. We'll be sure to add those, you know, share them out. And um, we'll probably, like Sean said, do a little meetup up there if we if we can work it out. So, yeah, check it out. So upcoming schedule, like we said, oh, actually, no, one, one last segment really, really quick. And then we'll move on. We promised you the Wildcat rants. And so we've got time for Wildcat rants. Sean, I'll, I'm gonna, I'll be quick, Colby. I'm going to give you a chance. I'll be quick with mine as well. Yeah, I'm going to take 10 seconds. Um, I'm, I'm not a big women's basketball person. I don't follow the women's basketball a lot, um, but um, they're bad. That's what you need. They're bad. They're it's bad. Right and Valeda Harris, I believe, is in the last year of her contract. Um, I hope that uh, Tim Crompton puts her out of her misery um, and puts the puts the Wildcat women's basketball program out of its misery in the sense that it's time for a new coach. Um, she's only won 20 percent of her games uh, over the last five years. Um, and, and if a football coach had done that, we would have run him out on the rails after year three. Um, and and I think the athletics administration needs to show. Um, 
that kind of support and that kind of of commitment to winning and and such. And I don't I don't expect women's basketball to win the conference every year, but we need something better than what we've got. And uh, by all accounts, Flata Harris, uh, she's been a friend of the show. Um, she's she's a wonderful person. I, yeah. I don't want to disparage her in any 100%. way like that. Um, just it, it's time for a change of voice in the, in the women's basketball program. And, and Tim, if you're listening, um, I've got to think that if, if you don't end this right now, um, at the end of the contract, if, if, if she gets another contract or another year, um, what you're telling every coach on under you is that mediocrity is okay. And, and that, that you don't need to, um, produce. And I don't think that's good in any employment situation. Um, and so that's, uh, I, I, I don't want to call for somebody's head, uh, but with the end of the contract, there's no buyout. Um, it's just, just walk away and, and, and let's see where we go with a new coach. 100% with you. It's time. There's a big opportunity in the women's game right now. I mean, you see number three, Utah, they were outselling the men down at the Huntsman center this season. There's a lot of energy around women's hoops right now. I mean, and I'm not just saying that because I live in one of the meccas of women's hoops here in Tennessee, but uh, there's a big opportunity, I think, in women's hoops. It's a very competitive on that side. And the Wildcats, with a, with a few tweaks, um, they could be right there at the top of the conference because the Wildcats have only won the conference championship on the women's side twice, two times, 2003 and 2004. That is it. In business, you would call that a growth opportunity. Yes, it is a massive growth opportunity and a great way to represent the university. So, and they have the better jerseys. I think the women have the better jerseys this season. Nah, Sean's a jersey snob. He doesn't agree. <laughs> I, I'm old. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so my Wildcat rant is about teams shooting out of their mind, dude. Like I, we talked about this and like, I just don't get what's going on. Like somebody just the Northern Colorado game against Weber is a great example. Those guys roll. We roll into their, their place at the bank in Greeley after a, a double overtime thriller against the stripes. And they just shoot out of their minds with confidence and they just destroy us. But then we are the benefits of the same thing against Montana State in Ogden um, a few days later. Idaho State has a great shooting game, a three-point shooting game against Eastern Washington and ends their their run at history. Uh, Montana has a a fantastic three-point shooting night against Weber and beats us in Ogden. Like It just feels like there are these teams that just shoot out of their minds and they win. And it's really freaking annoying because it's so unpredictable. So, so you, I, I love teams going on a hot streak. Don't get me wrong, but I, I, I don't like it when it's against my team. I want my team to be the one going on a hot streak. But I, I, I don't know. I, the three point bu- bucket has changed basketball, and yeah. uh, uh, you know we 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 all, we all watched Dame go for seventy one the other night, Woo. and and uh, um, he's lighting them up from the logo. Of course, one of his nicknames is Logo Lillard, right? And uh, uh, I don't know that that's great for the game. I, I, it's great for Damian, but for the game of basketball overall, I don't think that the lighting it up from the taking it because everybody thinks that they can do that. And you can see a lot of bricks, right? <laughs> um, so Spend I love watching Steph. I, I love watching Steph. I love watching Dame. I, I'm not a big fan of, of the random big guy going out there and hucking them and, and airballing or missing by 10 feet. I will say that the commission's kid last night, yeah, he had a career night. Yeah. The career night. 
shooting threes, getting offensive rebounds, just insane. So you're right. Three point ball has changed teams shooting out of their minds. It really makes for weird nights in the conference and elsewhere. So that's my rant. Let's talk about the upcoming schedule. We've already sort of touched on it. Saturday, March 4th, NAU takes on Idaho at 5 p.m. Is that right? Uh, make sure I got that right. Um, yes. Yeah. It's 5 p.m. Because some of the other games are at 5.30, so I want to make sure yeah. I got it right. Um, then Portland State versus Northern Colorado, 8 p.m. that night. Uh, those are the two games for Saturday. Sunday, Eastern will play the winner of Northern Arizona or Idaho. Uh, 5.30 Mountain Standard Time. Then Montana State will take on the winner of Portland State or Northern Colorado at 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Then they will get a day of rest. Then Monday, the the middle uh, the middle of the conference gets to go. The sixth uh, March 6th, Montana State will start the or Montana will start the day against Idaho State. 5.30 Mountain uh, p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Then Weber versus Sac State at 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Uh, all that's that's as far as we're going to take you folks because after that, Tuesday's the semifinal day. Wednesday's the final game. Um, just turn turn it on and watch it, man. We don't know what's going to happen, so I can't take you past that. Get your tickets at BigSkyAndBoise.com or watch it on ESPN Plus like me if you're out of market. And so just show up there, get loud, hit us up if you want to connect with some other Wildcats. We're glad to do that. And have fun, man. This is it. This is the end of the season. This is what we work toward. It's always a good time going to Boise, and so just enjoy it. Email us, weberstateweekly.gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon, and uh, weberstateweekly.com. I want to thank you, Sean Lewis, for taking some time to chat men's hoops. We'll get to do it, I think, at least one more time, maybe more. We'll see what happens. At least one more time, though. So appreciate you hanging out with us this season to talk men's hoops. We'll wrap it up like we always do. Weber State, Weber State. Great, great, great. Go Wildcats. Wildcats.